Magdalene is not my last name. It's where I'm from, Magdala. A fishing village, really, on the northwest shore of the Sea of Galilee. This is where the fishermen unload their catch. They process them and ship them, they say some as far as Rome. That's me, Mary from Magdala. There's one other way I'm known. The second way is always spoken behind my back. Mary, the one who was possessed. I can't describe to you what it's like to be possessed by demons. It's this out of control feeling, like you have no say over what you'll do next or the next thing that will come out of your mouth, like darkness. Like I said, it's horrible beyond description. Death would have been a welcome relief. I don't know what would have happened if Jesus hadn't come along. Everyone else looked away, if not ran away. I really can't blame them. I could see the fear in their eyes at something they couldn't explain or fix. I was dangerous. That's why Jesus' eyes were so different. That day when he came by, he locked eyes with me. And I saw something in Jesus' eyes I hadn't seen in anyone else's. Compassion. Everyone else looked away. Jesus didn't look away from my torment. He didn't stop until he had cast out seven demons, seven from me. I had my life back, and I would never go back to that life. From that day on, I followed Jesus. I was in the background. I was there to support Jesus. I made sure he ate. I made sure he had a place to rest. And I supported his ministry. I went where he went, which meant I got to hear the words he spoke, words of eternal life. I got to witness what Jesus did, and I got to see who Jesus saw. Did you hear that? I got to see the kind of people that Jesus saw, people like me. Everyone else looked away. Jesus looked toward the ones from whom everyone else looked away. People like me. I think about what would have happened if Jesus hadn't seen me. I sure wouldn't have been with him. I wouldn't have seen him die. I wouldn't have been the first one to see him when he rose. I certainly wouldn't have been here. Let me tell you about that day, the day. It was so hard to wait for the Sabbath to end. As soon as I could, even before the sun began to rise on Sunday morning, I went to the tomb to care for the corpse of Jesus. But he was gone. I ran to tell Peter and John and then ran back with them to the tomb. When they left again, I stayed. I couldn't stop weeping. Finally, I bent down to look into the tomb. I almost hit my head when I saw two angels sitting where the body should have been. Why are you weeping? They've taken away my Lord and I don't know where they laid him. Why wouldn't I weep? I turned around and saw a man through my tears. I thought he was the gardener. He asked the same thing. Why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Again, why wouldn't I? I just wanted to know where Jesus was. One word changed everything. My name. Mary. Look at me. I'm still weeping. I was tormented and he gave me my life back. I didn't even realize it, but I was clinging to him. Finally, Jesus pried my fingers from his robe and sent me to tell the others. For the second time that morning, 
I ran to the disciples with the simple news that had changed my life again. I have seen the Lord. Oh, I was there. So we are continuing a series that we started on Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. And just so you know, this is a series that is going to take us back 2,000 years to the foot of the cross where Jesus was crucified and died. But of course, we know the end of the story, right? We know that three days later, he rose again. And that is the single most important date in all of history for us Christians for this world, because we know that when Jesus victoriously rose from the grave, he defeated sin, death, and the power of the devil. That's an amazing truth. But there is no Easter Sunday without a Good Friday. There is no resurrection without a crucifixion. So what we're going to do over these next six weeks of Lent is we're going to travel to that day, that singular day called Good Friday. And we're going to look at the cross and we're going to see the significance of Jesus' sacrifice through the eyes of those who were there. Now, last Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, Pastor Mark was here and and we started off by looking at John the Baptist. John the Baptist, of course, wasn't there on Good Friday, but he set the stage for Jesus' ministry, didn't he? And he preached a message of repentance, and Pastor Mark talked about how that is so important for us today to just to understand what it means to live a life of repentance, but also the, the yippee part of knowing God's grace. Today, as you've been hearing, I'm going to look at a woman who has often been misunderstood. And again, just to kind of set the stage, we are on, we are in Good Friday, it's Good Friday, and we are at the foot of the cross. And while we don't know exactly who all was there on that day, we do know that most of the disciples weren't there, right? They had run away out of fear. But we do know that there were some people who were there. And in John 19, verse 25, it tells us, oops, It tells us here in John 19, 25, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. So based on this verse, we find that there are at least three women, all have the name Mary, it's a common name back then, but the name, the the person that I want to look at, as you know, is Mary Magdalene. Now, over the years, um, Mary Magdalene has been the focus of some rumors and myths and just flat-out lies. So what I'd like to do is just start off by debunking some of those more common misconceptions of Mary Magdalene that exist out there. The first misconception is that Magdalene was Mary's last name. No, 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 no. As you heard on the video, that was actually the town where she was from. She was from Magdala. Magdala was a a thriving fishing town on the Sea of Galilee. It was a center of trade and wealth. Some scholars believe that they also uh, traded textiles as well as dyes to color fabric. Regardless, Mary or maybe someone in her family may have been involved in some kind of industry because as we'll discover later, she had some financial resources that were available to her. Regardless, Mary's last name wasn't Magdalene. 
Okay, Magdala was the name of the town that she was from. Second misconception is that Mary Magdalene and Jesus were romantically involved somehow. Now that may make for a great Hollywood movie, but there is absolutely no proof, biblically or historically, that indicates that Mary was anything but a faithful follower and supporter of Jesus. So no, Jesus and Mary did not date each other. Third, third common misconception, this is probably the most common, is that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. That, that's just not true. That actually began back in around 600 AD when Pope Gregory mistakenly connected Mary Magdalene to the repentant prostitute in Luke 7. You know, the woman whose tears washed Jesus' feet and she used her hair to dry her feet? Okay, that event happened, but that was not Mary Magdalene. So Mary's last name was not Magdalene. Mary and Jesus were not dating each other. She wasn't his girlfriend, and she wasn't a prostitute. Okay, so then what was Mary? Mary was a fully devoted follower of Jesus. She had unwavering commitment to Jesus all the way to the end. And so here's where I'm going with all this. We're going to look at Mary Magdalene, and we're going to see in her life a life of deep devotion to her Lord and Savior. And, and I'm going to share this with you because today we live in a world and a culture that it, it's just it's super easy to walk away from God, right? Oh, my goodness. It is so easy to abandon your faith. You don't feel like it? It's gone. It is so easy to become distracted or self-absorbed or look for meaning and purpose in someone or something other than God. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at Mary Magdalene's life. It's this beautiful example of fierce commitment to Jesus all the way to the end. So we're going to look at Mary's life and we're going to look at how, how it applies to us today and what it means to be faithfully and fully devoted to Jesus in 2021 because it means a couple of things first it means experiencing the joy of having your broken life restored by God in other words before you can even think about or dream about being a fully committed follower of Christ God needs to work in you his Holy Spirit has to work in your heart and your life and restore you by his grace and that's what, it had, that's what had to happen for Mary. Remember, Laura was talking about that. In Luke 8, it says this. And you guys read this just a moment ago, but let me read this again. This is at the beginning part of his earthly ministry. Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The 12 were with him and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene from whom seven demons had come out. So again, we already know this, but Mary had been possessed by seven demons. That was nuts. Okay, it must have been nuts. It also meant though that she was an outcast. Okay, she was rejected by everybody else. And it's in this brokenness of her life that she then meets Jesus. And we don't know exactly what happened, but he heals her. He frees her. He works in her heart. He restores his, her by his grace. And she joyfully begins to follow him. Now, for those of you sitting here today watching online, you may not be wrestling with demon possession right now. And that's a good thing. But maybe your life is broken in some other area. 
Maybe it's in your career. It's broken somehow. Maybe it's your personal life. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe you feel broken because of the sins that you've committed. You know, the failures, the mistakes, the bad decisions that have left you feeling lost and empty. If that's the case, let me just remind you that just as Jesus was able to heal and restore Mary Magdalene, he can heal and restore you. Why? Because he specializes, Jesus specializes in restoring people's broken lives. So even if your life is just barely cracked at the surface or it is completely shattered, Jesus has the ability to heal and restore you. Look at this, Psalm 147 verse three says, God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. So if you are feeling broken, here's my encouragement, bring it to God, just confess it to him. And then trust that he will forgive your brokenness. And then believe that he has the, ab- the ability to take all of those broken pieces and make them into something far more beautiful than you could ever imagine. So the first thing that we can learn from Mary Magdalene is that before we become fully devoted followers of Christ, God needs to first work in our hearts and lives. He needs to restore our broken life. That said, once that happens, and I'm assuming many of you sitting here or even watching online, that's true. But once you, by the Spirit's power, are a fully devoted follower of Jesus, it also means a couple of other things. It also means using your gifts in a way that will serve God and bless others. After Mary Magdalene had those demons cast out, she started traveling around with Jesus and his disciples, using her abilities, her talents, her skills to meet their needs. I mean, she could have gone back to Magdala, right? She could have gone back after being freed from the demons. She could have gone back, to, back home and used her talents and her abilities there. But she used them to serve God and bless others. And, and all I'm trying to say here is for you, having been restored by the power of the Holy Spirit and believing that in Jesus you are forgiven and healed, that same Holy Spirit wants you to serve God and bless others too. So for all of you here, all of you watching online, you have been given gifts and abilities and talents and skills, and God wants you to use them and share them, not hide them or ignore them. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So out of gratitude for what God has done for you first in Jesus, God now is looking for you to use those gifts that he's entrusted to you to serve him and bless others. Okay, that's what he's looking for. And, And I just want you to think about the different abilities that you have. And this may not have anything to do with your job. These are just things that you're good at and you like doing them. These are interests, these are skills, these are the passions of your heart. You know, Mark mentioned in his announcements that we are trying to get you to sign up for this new database system called Realm. Well, if you haven't done it yet, please do so. But as you update your profile, you will find an area that talks about skills and interests. And we want you to fill out that area too because who knows, maybe you have a heart for children. If so, Laura LaBob, who was just up here a second ago, she could use you in Redeemer Kids to help invest in the next generation. 
maybe you're just an outgoing person. You're a people person. You like to talk to people. You are just fun to be around. Boy, if that's you, Jamie, who's on our worship arts team, could use you because we need people to serve as worship assistants and greeters to help make this place even more friendly and welcoming. Maybe you have, um, uh, you're really good in the area of art or music, whether it's music, you know, a singing or, or an instrument. Maybe it's in the area of technology. If that's the case, George Bruick, our director of worship, could use you to help us bring people into the presence of God in worship. See how that works? The, the bottom line is that God wants to use you to bless others. And I know it's tempting to think, oh no, God can never, can't, can't use me. Who am I, right? Or, and I've heard this, God can't use me, not after what I've done. Oh, Pastor Z, boy, if you knew how I lived. And you know what? I get that, but don't let your past disqualify you from being used by God today. Honestly, if anybody could have come up with an excuse to not be used by God, it would have been Mary Magdalene. She had seven demons in her, for crying out loud. But God did not, he did not heal and restore her so that she could just sit around and take up space. Just like he hasn't healed and restored you for you to sit around and take up space. He has given you your abilities, your talents, your passions, the things that you're good at and you like to do. He's given those things to you for a reason, on purpose. And he's got a plan for you to use those. So the second thing that you can take away from Mary Magdalene is when it comes to being a fully devoted follower of Jesus, it means using your gifts to serve God and bless others. But third, it also means giving joyfully and generously to God's mission. Now, we don't know a whole lot about Mary Magdalene, to be sure. We do know already that she used some of her abilities and talents to help meet the needs of Jesus and his disciples. But we also know that she used her, some of her financial resources to fund God's mission. Looking back at Luke 8, it's, it goes on, it says, Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Susanna, and many others. And then it says this, these women were helping to support them out of their own means. Whew. So what does that mean? It means several, along with several other women, Mary Magdalene, out of gratitude for what Jesus had done for her by his grace, she contributed generously to his ministry. And this wasn't just a one-time gift. This was, this was giving over a period of several years so that Jesus and his disciples would have food to eat and supplies that they needed and places to stay. Right? Her, part of her devotion, being fully devoted follower of Jesus, was her generosity. And, and it, that generosity was to support Jesus in his ministry. Now, God has certainly blessed all of you, all of us, financially as well. Some of us more than others, but we have been blessed financially. Let's be clear. Out of gratitude for what God has done for you in Jesus Christ, you now have the privilege of being able to um, joyfully respond and, and use some of those resources to help fund God's mission too. And please don't miss this, okay? No matter how much or how little it might be, when you give generously, it matters. It makes a difference. It really does. It allows us as a church 
to carry out the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ in this community and beyond. In 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, it says, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Of course, what we reap as a congregation is more than just cash and possessions and stuff. It's the ability to impact people's lives, right? To help them exchange everyday life for contagious Christian community. To help them encounter the life-altering love of God in Jesus Christ. Think about it. Because you gave generously, we were able to provide these yard signs for you last spring and summer. Remember these? Now, this may not seem like that big of a deal, but for the person in the neighborhood who saw this sign and enrolled their child in our school because of this sign, it is a big deal. That child is not only learning how to read and write, they're learning about They're learning about God and his love for them and Jesus as their savior. Because you gave generously, we have a position called children's ministry director that is fulfilled beautifully by Laura LaBob. And during this pandemic, I don't know if you know this, they do not make curriculum, Sunday school curriculum during a pandemic. So she created her own curriculum for our Redeemer kids. And she was able to share it with 170 other churches in Ohio, Kentucky, West Virginia. I know some churches in Michigan, Indiana were included. Because you gave generously, Jamie and George were able to upgrade our technology and we now have services online. And that's nice for those people in this community. And those are like, oh, it's too cold today to go outside and watch. But there's also people in the greater metro area. I know one guy who can't get to our church because he has no car. But he watches us. I know there are people in other states, Minnesota and Illinois and North Carolina and Florida who watch us. Because you, give, because you gave generously, we are able to partner with the city of North Royalton and other community groups to help provide food assistance for those in need. One of our clients who hadn't gone to church for years is now worshiping with us online because she had an interaction she had with one of our food pantry staff. You see how this is going? Do you see what, what I'm saying? Because you give generously, you make these things happen. So a third, a third thing we can learn from, from the life of Mary Magdalene is being a fully devoted follower of Christ means giving generously, joyfully and generously to God's mission. But fourth, it also means remaining devoted even during tough times. This is so important because when times get difficult in our life, it is so easy to just throw in the towel and walk away, right? So easy, so simple to do that. When Mary was sitting at the foot of the cross looking at Jesus and his life ebbing away, it had to have been incredibly difficult for her. But she stayed there to the very end. She remained devoted. In fact, all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they all mention Mary Magdalene by name. In Mark 15, it says, Some women were watching from a distance. Among them was Mary Magdalene. Even in that dark moment, Right? Even though most of the other disciples had deserted Jesus, Mary was there. And maybe it was because she, she knew what it felt like to be rejected and all alone. Maybe she knew and remembered that when everybody else had deserted her and abandoned her when her life was broken, Jesus was there for her. Whatever the situation, 
Mary remained devoted to Jesus to the very end. And that took courage. But that's what devotion does. Devotion gives you courage to stand even in those times of difficulty. Right? Courage, devotion leads to courage for you to, to stick it out in your marriage even when it's kind of struggling. You know, devotion leads to courage for you to, to stand firm in your faith at school or at work, even when it's not popular. Devotion leads to courage. And it can remind you that in the moments of those times of difficulty, you're not alone. I love this passage. This is what God is saying to us. Isaiah 41, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Wow. So a fourth thing that you can pull from Mary Magdalene's life is that being a fully devoted follower of Christ means remaining devoted even during those tough times. But also, fifth, it also means keeping your focus on Jesus. Honestly, I think one of the reasons why Mary was able to stay and and remain devoted to Jesus all the way to the bitter end was because she kept her focus on Jesus. Earlier in my message, I talked about how the city of Magdala was a city of trade, a pretty wealthy city. And one of the things, along with fishing, was that it was a place where people would sell dyes to color fabric. And if you know anything about dyeing fabric, you know that if you take a white t-shirt, pure white t-shirt, and dip it into some dye, and this happens to be a really deep red dye, But there is no way on earth that this shirt is ever going to be white again, right? It has been dyed red. It is permanent. This is never going to become fully white again. Nice shade of red. The tragedy is there are people who honestly believe that their sins have stained them permanently, that God God can't love them or forgive them or use them because of their permanent stain, because their life is so broken and messed up and shattered. There is no way that they can become healed or whole again. And Satan loves to get you to believe that lie. But that's why it's so important for you to stay focused on Jesus, right? That's why it's so important for you to to make sure he he is the focus of your attention, that you remember that, that Jesus came and he died on a cross to take the stain of your sin upon himself. That he died for all of your sins, every sin you've ever committed, ever will commit in the future, that he died for all of those sins. He paid the punishment that you deserve. But he didn't stay dead, right? We remember that. Three days later, he rose from the dead in victory. And what does that mean? It means he was able to make the impossible possible. He was able to take what was stained and make it pure all over again. How cool is that? I love this verse too. Isaiah 1:18, very familiar. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Jesus, by his death on the cross, took the stain of your sin and he made your heart as white as snow. Thanks be to God, huh? 
That's what happens when you are able to keep your focus on Jesus. That's what happened for Mary. It's what can happen for you. 2,000 years ago, Mary Magdalene, she was there. She was there at the foot of the cross. And from Mary, we are able to, we are able to learn some valuable life lessons. We're able to, to see what it means to be deeply devoted, fiercely committed to Jesus as our Savior. My prayer is that by the Spirit's power, that you would look at Mary, and, and, and again, in the Spirit's power, strive to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus too. To help you with that, let me just challenge you in a couple of ways. First, let me challenge you this week to confess your brokenness and celebrate God's redeeming and restoring grace. It's Lent, as Mark mentioned a moment ago. Okay, bring your faults and your failures, your broken, shattered lives to Jesus and trust that he can restore them and heal them by his amazing grace. Second, love others by signing up on Realm and identifying your skills and gifts. Now, you might be thinking, love others by signing up on a database. What are you, nuts? I tell you what, if you sign up and we can know what your interests and skills are, then when the opportunity arises, we can connect with you and we can help you use the gifts that God has entrusted to you to serve and bless others. And that is love. And then one last thing, ask God for the courage to remain fully devoted to him. You know, you're not going to be able to do this on your own. You can't. Neither could Mary. So connect with God in prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit for an extra measure of his strength and courage so that, like Mary, in the Spirit's power, you can be faithfully and fully devoted to Jesus as your Savior. All right, would you pray with me, please? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the power of the cross and that today we were able to see that power through the eyes of Mary Magdalene. Thank you for her example and, and by your Spirit's power, embolden us to be faithfully and fully devoted to you. Lord, we love you. We pray this in Jesus' great name and all God's people said, amen.